coming to you from the lab, where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak to a battle-tested Cerakote expert, discuss tools for the hobbyist gunsmith, and go to a galaxy far, far away. I just want to remind people that when we drop new episodes, it'll be on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. If you like the content we're creating, we'd appreciate it if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review as well as a comment. As always tonight, by my side is the big man. Big Keith is in the house. Keith, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing awesome, Mike. Thank you for asking. Having uh, having fun, learning all about uh, E85 for my uh, my uh, Mustang there, and it's not going very well. Oh, geez. Fire, the fire breather is giving you uh, some, some trouble, huh? Well, you know, it's not so much the fire breather as much as it's the marketing um, uh, disappointment that is E85. You know, you would just wow. assume that that means that you could get it anywhere that has sells E85, and that's just not really the case. It, the percentages are way off from place to place, but eh, enough about that. Actually, I wanted to do something tonight that I, I, I wanted okay. to surprise you a little bit. Okay. So, uh, I, I, you know, when we're talking about future shows or, or what we want to do, I, I always kind of get, you know, tell you, I, I hate when, when you, when you throw me off guard, but I was like, I'm going to do it to Mike tonight. So <laughs> I'm about to send you a text message. Okay. And I think that when this show, um, is, uh, is being listened to like right now, <laughs> um, <laughs> you should post this, uh, photo and see if any of our listeners, um, you know, can can tell us who Anonymous is, and we all know if you're listening to the show, it's me. Um, but uh, I, I thought it would be funny. I've I've not con- contributed anything to Instagram, and uh, I wanted to give you a little shot. Did, did you get the text? Oh, okay. So so anyone listening, when I go to Instagram and I post it from Anonymous, if you're listening, you know who Anonymous is, and everybody else. And I think they should. Listen, I think they should comment. They can. They can say it's Big Keith. I think that's all right. You know. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. But we can, cool. and then we can, uh, you know, talk about them on the next episode or something. I like it. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So if anybody is following our Instagram, if you're not, make sure you do, and you see this photo from Anonymous, make sure you uh, you put him on blast. So, so Keith, I'm actually. I hope I don't sound too uh, janky tonight because I actually am not feeling well, and I'm drinking a hotter toddy. You ever have a hotter toddy? Does it have alcohol in it? It does. So instead of normal whiskey, you put in um, fireball whiskey. Okay. So it's fireball whiskey, honey, and hot tea. And it's uh, actually clearing me out a little bit. Well, so. good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I, uh, I'm yeah. actually drinking something hot tonight, too, believe it or not. And we did not What's talk that? about this. It's not as exciting as a hotty toddy, if, that was what, if I got that name correctly. I'm just having a cup of coffee because, you know, it's holiday time and... Uh, I drink a little bit more socially around the holidays. Okay. So I'm just trying to give up, give it up a little bit during the week when there's not a reason. So listen, I want to actually take the focus off of you and I for a second because we keep asking people to leave reviews and I, I, uh, we got We got a review. We got a five-star review from, uh, someone by the name of Raider Beyond. So Raider Beyond, if you're listening, fake review, uh, I wanna, no, I'm just kidding. I want to thank you. It is definitely not a fake. I do not know this person at all. <laughs> uh, but I want to thank you for putting it in and I'm going to read this to everybody. So he wrote great guests and great show. Definitely adding it to my rotation. Ready man and dark angel brought me here. 
learn to prepare before Biden and Kamala <laughs> try to make you identify as a non-binary lampshade. Oh, I like so, this guy. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you, Raider Beyond, for uh, for listening. Thank you for leaving uh, a five-star review and comments. And anybody else, uh, please follow suit. Leave those. It really means a lot to us. It helps us get ranked in iTunes. And um, and it really does make our egos swell up a bit. Well, so, two great you. guests, too, and two great episodes. One, uh, they're both both were on the on the short list for for favorites for me. Yeah, definitely great, great, great guests. So, all right. So, speaking of guests, let's bring in our guest tonight. So, our guest tonight has mastered the art of custom seracoding. He specializes in battle worn finishes, custom themed firearms, and recently created the Spartan worn look. Please welcome Michael Segoyan from Balone Deadline. Michael, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys? Doing very well. Yeah. So I have to I have to apologize. I actually wrote that intro, and uh, I realized at the last minute that the Spartan Warren looks actually not that new. That's been around a while, but there is a couple other new things you've been cooking up. So we'll get to that later in the show. But I did want to apologize. I know that that's been around for uh, for a minute now. So we'll 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 talk about that down the road a bit. So. Um, so let's just get right into it, Michael. How did you first get introduced to firearms as a whole? Like, was it as a kid or more of an adult? How did firearms come into your life? Well, believe it or not, it was around uh, 2000 with all the craziness with Y2K and all that crap. So I figured I would uh, probably be smart to have a gun. Just <laughs> everybody was okay. Out. I didn't want to be that guy freaking out. Okay, I got you. So it was definitely more as an adult, huh? Oh, yeah. And what was your first firearm? Uh, Smith & Wesson, M&P. Okay. Okay. Yeah, did you, good choice. Did you have any firearms growing up in, in your household? Not a one. Wow, okay. It's crazy. Now, how did your wife take to that? Because a lot of times that can be a little bit of like a, you know, uh, inner strife in a household. Was she totally on board? Was she against it? She was... Um, she was apprehensive for sure. Of course, people that don't understand firearms or anything, they're always just afraid of a firearm, which is, you know, I guess that's normal if you've never been around them. But she eventually uh, copped to it and accepted it. Like she has a lot of other things that a lot of my habits and hobbies. <laughs> we all have a woman. Yeah, we've all got a piece of that. <laughs> so now prior to being in the firearms industry you designed uh, automotive interior parts such as consoles and things like that um and I, I think i read in your bio that you actually like kind of put the the laminate or the leather onto those parts so do you feel that the experience in that field had any carryover to custom seracoding business in terms of just being able to manufacture and create uh items like that you know honestly i i don't think so i think um I've always been an artist or, you know, creative growing up and drew and paint and all that stuff. And when the automotive thing collapsed, I had no other choice. So I figured art was cool and why not art on firearms? Yeah. So I get shot. See, it's like one of those like simple ideas that just kind of works out. What, what was, uh, I know you did some work with Cadillac or what was uh, the coolest car you, you worked on back in those days? Believe it or not, we uh, we designed the console pieces and the IP, which is like the dashboard mm -hmm. and door panels for the 2013 or 2011 through 15, 14 Shelby Mustangs. Oh, that's wow. cool. 
That was my favorite because obviously I've always wanted a Shelby. Well, you're talking my language now. As I talked about a little bit earlier, I just uh, it, some of the listeners might be bored of me talking about it, but Mike, you've, you've not maybe heard this. So I, uh, I have a 2015 Mustang that I just did uh, a blower on and a uh, bigger fuel system and stuff. So uh, Mustangs are definitely near and dear to my heart. All right. So as much as I want to talk about Raptors, because I am an F-150 guy, I, I definitely want to get to your battle-worn stuff because I, I uh, have a lot of questions about that, if that's okay, Michael. Sure. So your um, your battle-worn stuff is like second to none. I mean, in my in my opinion, you know, I think there's, there's nothing, uh, no one out there that's doing it like you do. And that's coming from, I'm not just saying that in terms of, uh, you know, just to like compliment you, like I was looking at your stuff so, so far back and like now you're on the show. Um, did you invent that style? It's, it's not that we invented it. Let's, uh, did you perfect it? Is that a better way of it? Of saying it? We made it more mainstream. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's that's very fair. Back in 2013, I started it and another guy, on Instagram, his name's William from Weapons Daily. He, uh, me and him coined the phrase battle worn and I just came up with it and it was by pure accident. And since then, it's obviously is, is morphed into other things and changed it up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we were told it was going to be a fad. It would be out, you know, a year later and it would be gone. Well, it's almost seven years now and People are still doing it and still requesting it. It's a weird thing because I, I, you know, I think it's cool, right? And Keith and I talk about this all the time on the show. Like if people, if this brings people in because they like to customize stuff, that's great. I have nothing against it. But I've heard plenty of people like, if you want it battle worn, then just go use it and get it beat up and you'll get it battle. You know, I've heard that whole thing. But, you know, again, to each their own. And if if people want to do this, great. Um, What's that? I have an answer for that or a rebuttal, I should say. What's that? A lot of people aren't hardcore operators and mechanics that fly to Afghanistan for 12 tours and beat their weapons up. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. If you like the look, we could do it and save you the time. I mean, <laughs> I've done battle-worn stuff for Chris Peranto, so, and I know he's seen some action, right. and he didn't about it. <laughs> he didn't care yeah. that he didn't have to wear it in. And, and you know what? And that's the thing. Like, listen, it, at the end of the day, it's your thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, we were just talking about cars. Like, you know, there's people who, like, my car gets me to work in the morning. I have no reason to do anything to it. And there's people who want to make 900 horsepower. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And to each their own. And that's why we live in both. America, right? Yeah. Well, it's why we live in America. <laughs> we live in a great goddamn country. I'm, I'm so amazed that it looks like you can do it to any attachment that goes on to it as well, right? Oh yeah. It doesn't matter. I can I can do your aim point or your Schmidt and Bender. It doesn't matter. That's so that's cool. crazy. So now what do you do to make it look so good? Is it just paint do you actually like kind of like scar it up and beat it up and like put nicks in it, or is it just all faux faux paint and finish? Oh. Well it's like I said, it's it's morphed. It started as just a finish because I didn't wanna put any marks in customer firearms because People would lose their mind, you know? Sure. So it started off just as, you know, fake battle one. And then we we do stuff that's some, like you would call it extreme. Where, like on my Boba Fett blaster, I literally painted it 
perfect and flawless, kind of mocked it up, assembled it, and took it out back on the cement and slid it around. That's crazy. Because, I mean, and that's, you can't fake that kind of, you know, I guess, battle wear to a, to a rifle with just paint. But right. that's extreme situations. We don't do that unless somebody says, beat it up. Mm-hmm. No. Now, now you're Spartan worn. That is like a copper and a patinaed look, which is really, really cool. And from what I understand, you create that. That's not a Cerakote color that anybody can buy. You mixed that and created that color. Is that, is that true? Exactly. We, we did that back in early 2014. A guy said, do whatever you want to my rifle. And it was a Seekins build. So I said, well, I think, you know, copper with some patina, kind of Statue of Liberty-ish, you know? Yeah. So I played around, experimented, and bam, Spartan worn. Wow. That's cool. And and Keith, if I don't know if you if you looked at those or I not, did. but like the yeah, the patina, like from what I understand, Michael, you actually like take Q tips and paintbrush and you actually put that little bit of patina in there by hand, or is that true? Exactly. That's, That's really cool. Way to to do it like so it's natural. Mike, tell I, I was on your website and I went to the About Us tab. Um and I just it's real it was really relatable to me and I just I really like the story. Um, and I don't. I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about it. But um, two questions I had uh, uh, when you when you talk about it is: um, Did you really just attempt this, your, you, you know, yourself, or like just because you wanted to? And from watching YouTube is pretty amazing to me. It, that's how it happened. <laughs> Crazy as it is. So I had a, an old Sig. It was a P6, and it was a, a beater. I think that was back when you can get a SIG for 250 bucks and I wanted somebody to restore it. So I started searching for finishes, you know, I seen Robar and Duracoat and then I found the Cerakote. So I started calling places around to see how much they would charge. And the cheapest I found was 450 bucks. So I figured if I can paint a car, I can paint a gun. And then from there, just, now it's where we're at now. That's that's cool. I did have to paint it four times though before it looked decent. Yeah, I saw that in the in the in the uh, section there. Did do you still have it? No, that gun. It was actually sold to fund a, a new shop. Oh wow, that's cool. It it is, but the circumstances weren't. I mean, I had a bunch of old, like original, unfired nickel plated SIGs. Uh, 220, 225, 226, 228, 229, all unfired with targets and everything. I had to sell every single one of them. So you do a lot of uh, like themed guns. That's one of the things. And one of the ones you do is uh, you do a lot of Star Wars themed. You brought up your Boba Fett gun, which is, it's really cool. If if you haven't seen uh, Michael's Boba Fett gun, go on to his Instagram and take a look. It's really, really cool if you're a Star Wars fan. Um. So first of all, are you, are you a fan of the movies? Like how did like what made you say let me do Boba Fett or what made me what made you start doing that theme? Was it something someone asked or just you on a whim said let me try this? Well, um, a buddy of mine back when we first started wanted his rifle to look like a stormtrooper build, and then I started seeing a lot of stormtrooper stuff, and stormtroopers are actually not. I mean, they're popular, but they're like, it's just plain white with black and 
a cog. So there's nothing crazy about it. So I said, I'm going to Google Boba Fett firearm. And some of the ones I saw, they looked like they were done with uh, fingernail polish or just crayons. Who knows? (laughs) They looked like crayons. Melted some wax on a gun. Something. (laughs) What it was. But it was horrible. And I said, you know what? I could do better than that. And that's when we started doing Boba Fett. And what's fun? What's funny about that is like so like the stormtrooper one. I I actually like white and black guns. I I, I like that color combo on it on cars. Like I like two, the way that two looks. most popular like, colors of cars are white and black. Yeah, I really like that uh, that stormtrooper look. You know the, the white and black. But uh, but you you you're right. Like it is. It's white and it's black, right? And what I find interesting is you sort of started this whole, or at least perfected or or made more mainstream this uh, battle worn look. And that's exactly what Boba Fett's stuff is. You know what I mean? Like they, there's a whole like site for Star Wars nerds called uh, I think it's called the Dented Helmet. Yeah. And and it's all about Boba Fett's helmet because his helmet's all beat up. So it's kind of like almost like it was meant for you to do that gun, you know, because it's married the two things together a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I took a ball peen hammer to mine and put actual dents in it and took a die grinder to it. Wow. I, I really, and it was some old, uh, like, like rare parts that people lost their minds. It's like, why would I, you do that? I was just going to say, people have got to be losing their minds. Like, how much noise were you hearing from, from you know, people that, traditionalists, I'll call them, that, would, that just couldn't believe you were doing this to a firearm? Well, a lot of it was, you remember uh, AXTS? No. No. You've heard of Radian. Yes. Okay, that AXTS was before Radian. It's the same company. They changed their name. Okay. So when I first painted um, my buddy's rifle, his SBR, it was an AXTS. And I was like, man, these are really nice lowers. I'm going to get me a couple. So I got a couple. And then that's what became the Boba Fett rifle. And people lost their mind because you couldn't find those lowers anywhere. It was almost like the, the China doll, the Magpul China doll lowers. And and now you're beating it up, right? Exactly. I took a hammer to it. <laughs> That's crazy. The areas that wouldn't cause I, functional issues or structural damage. Right, right. More cosmetic. But I, you know what? Though, like I have to say though, like the guts on you because yeah. just like I mean, like listen, how many times a day can, do you wish you could just take a hammer to something? Well, yeah, but you know what? It's like I feel like if I tried to dent something or bang something up, it would come out. It would just come out shitty. Like, come out I feel straight. like. I, yeah, like I, I can't, I can't damage things nicely. No, me neither. Uh, it's like it's all or nothing, right? It's <laughs> I went too yeah. far. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the people when they do battle wear or that type of distressed look, they go about it wrong. They distress areas that normally wouldn't be damaged. Yes, yes. And, you know what I mean? And they they just go too far with it. Yeah. There's only certain areas that are going to get damaged or, or not damaged, and we, I try to make it as realistic as possible. Well, I guess to your point, if you slide a lower across, if you skim it across the uh, the pavement, the parts that are raised aren't going to touch it. So the parts that get scuffed are the parts, and that's a real. So okay, like let's go, let's nerd out a little bit on Star Wars. If you're Boba Fett, there's a chance someone pushes him over and his gun slides across the ground. So sliding it across the ground would cause the kind of real damage that would happen in that scenario. So, you know, if you start damaging things that wouldn't 
be damaged in that way, it's not going to look authentic, I guess. Is that what you're kind of getting at? That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, they say, you know, I want a gun to look like Boba Fett. Obviously, you can't make a gun look like Boba Fett, but you can't make painting a gun to look like his gun is also boring because it doesn't have that actual shape and look as a Boba Fett, you know, the revolver, whatever he had. It it just doesn't look right. But we just take the colors, some of the symbols and attributes of that character and try to portray it on a firearm. So I want to stay on this theme for a minute. So um, I actually talked to both of you, uh, you know, prior to the show, and I think we're all the on the equal level of Star Wars. Like, I don't think any of us are too nerded out. Well, I, I have, maybe to, I have, I, I have to stop you there. I might be a little bit farther than both of you because um, both really? of you are saying Boba Fett, Boba Fett is a, is a guy. It's actually a girl. Bo- Boba Fett so. is a female. I'm, I, I, I just Googled it to confirm. Really? I'm, yeah, but I just Google. I don't know about that. It says it says it says that uh, it's a she. She's a, a she clone. Uh, in the movie, it was a boy. That's for sure. I, I'm well. Maybe not. Maybe I don't know. Jenga Fett's son. Yeah, Jenga Fett's son. Exactly. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm so calling right. shenanigans on YouTube. I mean, Google's me wrong. I mean, Google could be wrong. Could be. All right, we're gonna we're gonna dive deeper into this later, but. Um, so right now, the big, the new hot thing is the Mandalorian. And Keith, I know you said you don't watch it. You should. I do not. So I, I have, I have no idea. If, yeah. No. Yeah. You it. should watch it. It's great. So Mandalorian, Bob, Boba Fett. They were, they were from Mandalore, and uh, that's like their creed of people, and they're warriors and whatever. So uh, say that again. Sorry. Were they real Mandalorians? Yeah, that's the whole like new thing is going on where they're real Mandalorians. Yeah, we won't go that far down the rabbit hole, but I like that you're nerding out a little bit, Michael. I'm I'm down with that. So in the show, Keith, um, Mandalore gets, or uh, they call him Mando in the show, right? Mando gets um, uh, new armor, and their armor is made out of something called Beskar steel. So anyway, M- Michael has been making Beskar uh, products. Right, like they, they looks like Beskar steel. Um, can you tell tell us a little bit about that? Sure. It's, How did that come about? Well, it's another guy from uh, who was it? Uh, AR fifteen News. Ben. He asked me to make a magazine, a twenty round magazine, look like Beskar. So I was like, okay, I can figure that out. I mean, it's Damascus, somewhat, or. You know, a lot of people use uh, like a tree rings or a tree uh, stencil to kind of make it. So we did it with a laser and I did it and I sent it to him and he was happy, but I was disappointed because it didn't look right. So I actually found Beskar online and I hand traced it and created a, a file of just that pattern. So I made him a new one and just sent it to him and he was ecstatic. And then ever since then, everybody has wanted Beskar everything. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a really popular show. I mean, first, I'm, I'm serious, Keith. I know you're not a big, like, you, you don't dive too deep into shows. But it's, a, it's, like a, it's almost like an old spaghetti western, but in space. It's a, it's a really good show. I, really yeah, I, I just, my, my TV time is so 
n- not existent. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a short show, so it's only a half hour. So it's not that I, I love to sit down and just you know uh, binge watch things. I just don't get to do it as much as you know. I, I there's too many shows, I guess, or too many things I watch. But yeah, I, now oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna I was gonna say to Mike that you know. Uh, one of the reasons why I was not able to watch this show is because I was preparing for this show. But um, I, I'm so impressed with it, what, to me, appears to be transparency in the in what you do and how you do it. I mean, you offer training classes for this. Wouldn't wouldn't people tell you that that's bad for business? You know, it, I guess you. I that was my belief for a long time. It was like, why would I teach somebody? how to do what I do to take money out of my pocket. That's, that's my, that was my mentality from day one. And then I, uh, actually last year I got diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. So I was like, you know, is that it? And obviously I'm still here and it's gone and all that. But it, it, I started to think about it and it's like, that kind of sucks because I mean, there's good people out there that do pretty good work, but they could do better work. Mm. So I figured I would try to share as much knowledge as I could, you know, as long as I'm not religious or anything. So I'm not going to say anything crazy like no, that, but, but try to propel the industry a little bit, right? Try to propel the craft, the envelope. you know, push people to be better. And not to mention if they're, if they're doing it right or using Serico correctly, that gives Cerakote a good name. Yeah. If they're doing bad, it gives Cerakote a bad name, which means everybody who does Cerakote gets a bad rap because people think Cerakote's crap. That's a that's a pretty uh, pretty deep uh, perspective, but uh, I think it's true. Yeah, and I would add, I, I was just on Instagram the other day, and there's a guy I follow who does uh, car wraps, vinyl wraps, and he posted um, another like his car with another vinyl wrappers car together and he said something to kind of like what you're saying like you know basically you know just because we're in the same industry and we work down the street doesn't mean we can't collaborate and work together kind of a thing and and you know i think it's it's really good when people in the same industry obviously you want to you want to protect your own business but i think it's good when you can kind of raise the industry as a whole so i i think it speaks a lot to your character and um you know, this is something I wasn't actually going to bring up, but it, I think it fits in nicely here. Um, I know that you had a while back had had a, a your shop had gone on fire, right? You had lost your shop, right? When you were starting, to, you were actually just starting to take off a little bit. Is that correct? Exactly. Is that why yeah. you had to sell the SIG? You got it all oh, wow. of Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I mean, and, and people, I know people had uh, started GoFundMes for you and people had done some really nice things and... I think it's really nice when, you know, good people have good things happen to them, even when bad times kind of hit, you know? So the fact that you're now, you're now taking people under your wing and showing people your own craft, I think it's just a nice kind of full circle kind of a thing. And I think it's, it shows a lot about your character. So I think that's, that's really cool that you do that. It was, do you, do you feel people, I'm sorry, Michael, go ahead. No, that's fine. It, It was just, it was one of those things, either we gave up or we just, pushed on and literally liquidated everything to push on. But I mean, it, it was an investment and apparently it, it's paid off pretty well. So I'm, you know, I don't regret it. It was probably the worst thing that happened, but also yeah. the, 
thing to happen. So, so you, um, speaking of, the, of your classes, like I really, I don't know about you, Keith, but I really have like no like, artistic ability. Like, no. is this something you really should have some artistic ability to do or could really anybody learn this, what you do? Um, being creative, it, it does help, but it's, it's not a necessity. You can, you can copy a pattern and pull it off pretty well without being creative. Yeah, it's now, easy. Yeah, you know, involved in type of, you know, theme things or different types of effects that comes with creativity. And as far as like correct colors and trying to put colors that complement each other together, you can't teach a lot of that creativity. You either have it or you don't. Do you, do you find that you're, you know, um, I, I guess it's like a two-parted question. One is like a, a lot more of your clients, newer gun owners, do you have any idea? And two, do you find that they are pretty good at trying to decide what they, being creative with, with your order form? Because you do custom stuff. So do, do do a lot of people come up with good ideas? Rarely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being honest. That's great. <laughs> that is great. What do, you, do you have to help them along? Well, I mean, some people will, I just, I, I need some type of direction. You know, if, if someone said, hey, I, w- I want a P50, P51 Mustang. Yeah. I know where to go with that. Yeah. But I, I, some, I saw, I saw one of those, the, a picture of something similar to that on your gallery. It does look really cool. I mean, I've had some crazy requests and it's like, you need to mock something up or send me photos. Does anyone do it? Does anyone try to do something personal and then regret it? <laughs> Well, I, that's a good thing with Cerakote. It's it's not permanent. You okay. can it, there there is an undo button. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. Until you start engraving, and then then there's no undo. Then you're stuck with that. So speaking of, of engraving, I actually wanted to ask this earlier. Can you tell me about your? I, you just started doing it. I saw it on on Instagram the other day. Can you tell me about your halftone finishes? It's really cool looking. But I like what is that? It's so neat. We I basically had an idea. I was going to take, I thought halftones, that kind of art, like pop art back in the, you know, seventies, eighties was kind of cool. So I said, what if we could create a pattern based on halftone dots? So my wife, she's also a graphic artist, which is nice because that helps. We both kind of thought about it. So I created a pattern and then I halftoned it and said, let's try to, uh, laser that on something and see what happens and here we are eight hours later playing with half tones and dots and getting frustrated with illustrator and figuring it out and now i think we have something that we could actually offer so just i'm not sure if keith saw this or not but i was so, just looking at it i, I was able to yes. find this for sure on google yeah so i'm mean, basically what you do is you kind of like create like a pixelated look for yeah. anybody that's out there listening it's it's like a pixelated look, and then when he puts the color on, it it's kind of almost I like a Damascus. Pixelated... Is, is it is that a proper term? Like uh, the the steel, you know, when you put layers of steel together and mold it. It's uh basically like half tones, where where you have black, your dots are closer together or bigger. Ah, right. And as it gets into lighter grays or even whites, you have smaller dots that are further apart. It basically is a pixelated camo pattern, is what how I would describe it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. In, in yeah. dots instead of little squares. But yes, yeah, yes, yes. Thing. 
they uh, they call that stippling, right? That's that that's basically well, stippling on a hand on a hand grip, but that's in art. They call that stippling, don't they? Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool too because um, I saw the picture you did of um, it looks like you tested it on like conduit plates as like test plates, and some of them stood out really clear and some were very faint but like i think you you said that when the light hits it certain ways the pattern actually shows up and i was like that's kind of cool yeah it adds a different i mean the good colors that show the variation are awesome but even the ones that don't and when you tilt it in the different lights it shows that that's kind of a, a cool effect all by itself not including the dots alone but just being able to look at it and it looks black and then you tilt it and then all of a sudden there's a pattern. It's almost like an optical effect. It's almost like ghost stripes on a, on a car, right? Exactly. Ghost, ghost flames, like yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. Like, yeah. Like matte and gloss. Yes. Yes. yes it's going to stand out if, if it's at the right angle. So I, I, I want to go on to the next segment of our show. Before, before we do, I have two uh, pieces of business that I need to wrap up with you. And the first one is I really would like you to um, tell us the story of uh, your limited edition rare left-handed check shims. And for anyone that out there that doesn't follow them on Instagram, he, he you put a small uh, shim, <laughs> suppressor shim, in a lot of your pictures. And I know there's a funny story, and I was hoping you could share that with our listeners. Sure, I have no problem uh, trolling somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, and all of our weird complaints, and we get them because it happens, we're, we're human, all are local people, believe it or not. Rarely do we get something shipped to us that it, there's an oddball complaint. But this guy was local, and he wanted his, uh, like a, a muzzle device painted, just black. So I was like, all right, no problem. We can do that. We'll get it done in a couple of days and ship it back. So he sent it and he sent a baggie of shims, just regular shims. So I was like, well, we can't paint the shims. That's pointless and it doesn't really work that way. So we just kept the bag with this part, with his, in a bin with his flash, flash uh, brake or his uh, muzzle device, painted it, got it all shipped back. And then Almost two weeks later, he calls and he says, yeah, um, you guys lost my, my crush washers. And I was like, crush washers or crush washer? And he said, multiple. And I said, send me a photo so I know what you're talking about. Obviously, it was a shim. It wasn't a crush washer because you only use one if you need one. And it was a bunch of shims. And I said, well, did you check the, the box? Because my wife put them in the baggie, the same baggie that he sent. And he said, yeah, I didn't see them. And now they're gone. And I was like, well, I have a bunch of shims here. If you need some, let me know. I can ship you some. Well, didn't hear from him. He was gone. Then I got this weird email from Yelp, which I don't even know what a Yelp is. I, <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. So it was a review. So when I started reading it, the guy said that I stole his shims and I sold them for drugs. <laughs> that was in the review. So I was like, okay, well, I, at first it was funny. And then well, after, yeah, yes, it is funny. It is funny. <laughs> it is it's definitely funny. But then I was like, well, wait a minute. This guy's saying I'm a drug addict and a thief. 
you know what I mean? It's as if one wasn't bad enough, but both. So I called him again, and he said, well, yeah, you stole them, and now oh, I can't. For drugs. Yeah, for drugs. Like, I'm going to cash in on something with a few shims. <laughs> but he said his armorer or his gunsmith told him that his rifle is actually useless. It's a paperweight now. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, shims, they were Im- imported from uh, the Czech Republic. And they were left-handed shims. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was like, Did you get the name of the gunsmith? Because you had to call and be like, listen, I, can you stop I, I, joshing this guy? But I told him, I said, first off, if it's left-handed, I'll give you right-handed ones. Then you just flip them over and then they... <laughs> <laughs> but he was like really pissed and furious and like threatened to come down here and kick my butt and all this stuff over some shims. So I, I just, whatever, okay. So I started thinking about it and I had a, a dead air can with a bunch of shims in it and one of them was kind of thick. So I was like, I'm going to engrave left hand shim or left hand made in the Czech Republic and just troll this guy forever. And now I actually sold those shims for 12 bucks each. Okay. But anybody who bought the shim also got a card that was laser engraved. And on the, on it, if they could translate it, it was actually a 20% off discount on their order. Yeah. Cause I bought about 12 bucks for a shim. Yeah. 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 Figure if I give them 20% off, they can actually use it. Maybe and we, more than we, 12 bucks back. So I, I sold. Funny. Did this guy ever contact you back again after this? Like stop trolling me. I think he was probably too embarrassed or, I don't even know if you've even seen it, honestly. Now oh, I yeah. do it. If I don't, people don't believe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny that you still put it in pictures. It's like in every picture. It's so funny. I got to tell you, you can hold a grudge better than anyone else I know. Yeah, for real. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, Michael, um, before we move on to our next segment, the last order of business, I would like you to uh, to plug yourself. Tell us where people can find you, um, all your social media, websites and such. Well, of course. Um, obviously, on, on the internet, it's blowndeadline.net. B-L-O-W-N-D-E-A-D-L-I-N-E.net. On Instagram, it's at blowndeadline. And on Facebook, it's at BDL Custom Finish. All right. And all of those will be um, in the show notes at the end. So and anybody that wants to find them, as always, we will provide those links for you. So, Michael, we have a, uh, a tradition on the show. We like to play a game with our guests called Run and Gun, and we were hoping you would play with us today. Yeah, sure. I'm game. Cool. So the way it works is we give you 10 rapid-fire questions. We ask them quick. We want you to answer them as quick as you can with the first answer that pops into your mind. Sounds good. All right. So starting with number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? BNT APC-9. What gun would you buy if money was no object? 50 BMG. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Sean Connery. Wow, we just heard that one recently. Yeah. That's interesting. Favorite caliber? 9mm. Favorite hobby not gun related? Cars. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Strength. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Yes. 
<laughs> Good answer. Is it is it better to be loved or feared? Yes. Oh, cop out twice. <laughs> He's got cop out twice. I gave, I gave him. him I gave one. him the Come first on. one. Yeah. Yeah, loved or feared. You got to answer. Loved, of course. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Pistol. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Tim Kennedy. <laughs> that's a, that's a good option. Awesome, man. You re- you ran that super fast. That was great. Let's mix it up. All right, so today on Let's Mix It Up, we are going to talk about tools for the home or hobbyist gunsmith. And I have a feeling, uh, Michael, that you probably use these tools a lot and you're just in your industry because you have to take uh, firearms apart. And I, I've dabbled a little bit. I've built a couple of rifles. I've helped people, you know, tinker with guns. So I have a little bit. And Keith, you are kind of building up your stuff as you start to get into reloading and things, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, uh, the <laughs> it's funny, as we were talking about this uh, this topic, you know, I, I, I realized that I, I went pretty deep on the very first gun I ever bought. Um, you've seen my little snub nose that I, that I carry a lot. Um, yes. I, I was not happy with the trigger pull when I first bought it and I was talking to a buddy of mine and he was like, Oh, just, just polish the trigger. And I was like, yeah, just, just polish the trigger. Yeah. No big deal. And he's like, listen, you work on your car, you can handle this. And he kind of gave me like a quick little pep talk and in I went and polished trigger and now I love it. Interesting. So I figured we would kind of go like round Robin and we'll kind of like throw out a, uh, a piece of equipment for the, the hobbyist. Uh, and it doesn't have to be for the hobbyist, but I mean, like, you know, we won't get into really into deep, deep stuff. Um, we'll keep it kind of basic stuff. So I'll start um, and I'm gonna start with something super simple. I think it's a nice idea to always have a bench mat. So like one of those neoprene mats to work on, yeah. make sure you don't mar your mar the product up. But I like to always have, uh, you know, one of those around and, uh, you know, they make them in different lengths. You can get them in a pistol, pistol size or a rifle size, but I think that's one of those like real basic things, but it's definitely something that's good to have. I, so I, that's my first one. The only thing I would add to that, Mike, is I, we reviewed it on uh, one of our other episodes is get one that is specifically made to um, uh, repel gun lube and gun clean and, and stuff like that. Like that, that's uh, that was one of the ones that um, or one of the features that the uh, one that we reviewed had. And that's been a big help. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely a good tip. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, why don't you go next? I would say a good set of uh, roll pin punches. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I I would uh, totally agree with that. And while we're on that, so you said roll pin. I had pins, just pins in general, but uh, punches in general. But I would also add to that, um, you you really should get a roll pin starter if you're going to have that. And and also, uh, you know, brass punches and steel punches, right? I think they basically a, an a array of punches, but all go together. They all do different. They all do different job, jobs, but they're all good to have. That no doubt about it. I've got nylon, steel, brass, aluminum. Nylon ones are a good idea. Yeah, definitely. What do you use those for, particularly? Like Glock sights. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. I'm pusher for a Glock sight, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. Keith, what about you? Uh, you know, just because I where I started with this uh, this segment, uh, you know, some some precision polishing stuff. Uh, I, I have, uh, not a Dremel, the, uh, craftsman version of a Dremel and, okay. uh, a rotary tool. Yeah. Rotary tool. Thank you. And, um, and just some, you know, cotton polishing, uh, 
pads that go with that, and it's uh, it's a good 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 handy little tool. All right, cool. All right, um, next on my list, I have um, a bench block. So we we talked about punches, but when you're going to punch something, you you want to have something underneath it that you can you know that has somewhere to for the punch to go, right? So you want to be able to uh, if you're driving it out. And a bench block is great. You know, they have all the different holes and different grooves and you can, you know, you can use them in a lot of different ways, but they're also soft. So they're not, again, they're not going to mar the finish. Um, you'll hear me say that about a hundred times on this uh, segment. Yeah. But uh, I just, I just, you know, you don't want to mess your stuff up unless you're doing a Boba Fett build, in which case mar away. Yeah. You just need a die grinder. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I think a, a bench block, that was actually something I didn't have. Like I, I recently just got one, but it, it, uh, it definitely is a invaluable piece of uh kit to have. Well, they make them for AR-15 specific, uh, yeah. 1911 specific. They're, they're good. I use the 1911 one almost every day. That's yeah. That's the one I have. And I think, I mean, I've, I've used that on AR-15s on like lowers and stuff. You can, you can, they're very adaptable, you know, what's on your list, Michael? A reaction rod. Oh, I don't even know what that is. So either, yeah. do tell. Well, if you're assembling uppers and installing barrel nuts, you need something that you can put adequate uh, torque on the barrel nut. And having a reaction rod helps do that without risking the upper or damaging your upper. Oh, is that sort of so like when you have a, uh, I, I think I know what that is. You put it, you basically put it inside the upper, right? It's Correct. like a. Yes, I do know what that is. I have one actually. I didn't know what it was called that. So there's the the Geisley version, which is just round, and then there's a Midwest Industries that has a a block on top that actually fits in the upper part of or the top part of the upper, so it keeps the upper from spinning. That one's better. Okay. You can twist the the barrel and really screw some stuff up with the other ones. I've switched. I'm actually looking it up right now. Keith, what's your next one? A magnetized plate. Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't have that on my list, but I do have one, and they are great to have. Yeah, especially when you're like, uh, you know, like you do like an AR, and you have like all those like the parts (laughs) kit. I mean, there's so many. Almost anything, Mike. I mean, I, I, that, that, uh, going back to that, that snub nose, the very first time I took it apart, I, I, I heard uh, the trigger spring fly across the room, and I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah. It's also good to have parts yeah yes yeah i knock on wood i've built a couple and i've never had bad luck losing i'm very very careful and methodical but i uh, recently a buddy of mine was like you know could you show me kind of like how to work on this and i said sure and i was doing a lot of it i was like you know i gotta let him do something i can't just keep doing this and i bring him over to the vice and i i you know put the the lower on the vice block and I go, all right, now you're going to take this spring and you know, you're going to put it this way. And he goes, okay. And he walks over and the first thing he does, he just drops in like a box of like parts that I had. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm like, that's not a good start. <laughs> but we found it. But I was like, that's, that's not the way to start this, uh, this project. So I kind of just, uh, I just kind of just said it, but uh, I like to have a, a vice. And along with the vice, Keith, when I built the 1022, non-marring pads, there's that word yeah, again, but uh the magnetic ones and the ones I have have a little groove down the middle. So for a barrel, it'll actually kind of keep it from moving and it kind of just holds it right in place. Um, but that you definitely don't want to put your, your steel vice just crushing down on a, 
beautiful new barrel that you bought. Unless you're making a Boba Fett gun. Unless you're <laughs> making a Boba Fett gun. That's right. All right, Michael, what's next? Um, I, I would say a good uh, screwdriver set yeah. as far as the small bits, torques, yep. Phillips, Allen heads, all those. You can get a nice wheeler kit with everything for about 60, 70 bucks. Yeah, I yeah. actually... Uh, Go ahead, Keith. I was just going to probably say the same thing as you. I got I got to look into it because I I've bought a couple set from uh, sets from Harbor Freight Tool, but I can't get enough leverage on them for them to really be effective. Um, you know, they're just too small. The the yeah. the handles are too small, and uh, so I I got to I got to look into something better. So a little <clears throat> a little little pro tip here. Um, there's a company called Grace Grace USA, and they make a lot of specialized um, gunsmithing tools, and you've seen them, Keith. It's the they have the little round wooden handle with the like kind of like notches in it. They're like very old school. Yes, and there's a difference between regular screwdrivers and gunsmithing like screwdrivers. I, and I think my dad. Yeah, it has to those. do with it has to do with um, regular ones have a tapered ground, and gunsmithing are hollow ground, and the difference is they they fill up the head of the, of like a flathead better and they don't slip off and you don't want, obviously, unless you're building a Boba Fett gun, you don't want them to slip off. Um, so you really want to get hollow ground screwdrivers. And I, um, I, I, there, I mentioned grace USA for a reason. I no affiliation to them, whatever, but they are, Keith, we're always looking for good U S companies. They are U S they are forever guaranteed. And if you have a problem, the president of the company's phone number is at the bottom of their website. Nice. So, yeah, so it's really, really nice. Um, all right, uh, Keith, you're up. Uh, I feel like this might be something that doesn't that goes without kind of saying, but you know, a well lit area that um, with plenty of rags that uh, is very clear from any other debris or or um, uh, distractions that you can lose little bits and pieces to. Um, I, I definitely feel like that's been a big improvement from, uh, my setup. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like one of those, like just having that at the shop in general is good, you know, but like, yeah, definitely I, you know, using lubricants and stuff like that. So yeah, you want to, I think that you want to go down this path. You got to have some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely need good lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Lighting is a good one. Yeah, definitely. Like my garage, I have so much fluorescent lighting in my garage cause I just, I love a well-lit area. That's, that's huge. Yeah, definitely. And a good and a good workbench too, right? For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um I have uh so just I'm gonna throw out a blanket, but like hammers and you know, for if you're using steel punches, you should have a good ball peen hammer. And uh <clears throat> and then you should have what I have is uh, it's actually from Grace again to plug them a little bit. Uh it's a a brass hammer and then it has a, de- a Delrun tip on the back, and that's the kind of like plastic. Um you know, so that if you're you're looking for something really soft, you can use that plastic side. Um, but that's definitely a, a good one to have. Um, Michael, you got got one more for us? Of course, you need a if if you're gonna be working on especially pistols, obviously, um, you're gonna need a really good sight pusher. Yes, and the one I would recommend, and this is the one I've had since day one. Yeah, the MGW, it has uh, shoes that you can swap out for different types of slides. 
And I think the shoes are 15 to 20 bucks each. But I mean, it's been invaluable, especially when you're painting a slide. You don't want to throw it in there and beat on it with a hammer or punches and scratch it. Well, the sight pusher tool, it, I haven't damaged a single slide yet since that. How much do they go for? Because I really want to get a sight pusher. I always, I always have a gunsmith do that. But like, you know, I, uh, I really want to do my own. How much does that cost? On, on the high end, I would say between two fifty to three hundred bucks for the MGU. Okay, it's built like like the shifter he makes for Mustangs, Corvettes, and he also makes wallets. This guy makes incredible stuff, and like I said, it's lasted this long through a fire. Okay, impressive. Um, all right, Keith, you're up. Uh, let's see my last one for the day. I thought, I don't think so we'll wrap it up. We'll, we'll you go and then I'll give one more. Michael give one more and we'll wrap it up. We'll end on Michael's. Okay. Um, I, I guess the last thing that I would, uh, that I would recommend, I'm, I'm, I, I, my list is out. So I'm trying to think of something off the, off the top of, top of my head is, um, Oh, uh, plenty of, uh, cleaning supplies The you know, like, um, uh, I, I ended up finding out I had to buy like a big, bottle of the hobbies um or hoppies i'm sorry because um you just ne- you're running out of it all the time so you gotta have plenty of yep. you know uh cleaning supplies i uh, cpl cleaner or you know any kind of anything like yeah, that you know yeah, you definitely I, you have that right you use the spray yeah i use the spray yeah. I, I gotta convert to the spray everybody keeps I don't know, yeah I, but you know what there is definitely a uh there's a, a there's times where i wish i didn't you know it, it, i have different reasons i use different things but i do use the cpl spray mm-hmm. michael what do you use for your cleaning i use believe it or not fire clean okay really yeah huh i've known those guys since i started and it, the stuff is it works i don't care if people say it's made the same as vegetable oil i don't care i don't cook my hamburgers with it so <laughs> that's funny you know what michael i'm gonna i'll wrap it up i'll let you i'll let you go and then i'll go last so go ahead Another necessity when it comes to armor, being an armorer, gunsmithing, or anything, is good Wi-Fi and YouTube. <laughs> oh yeah. yes, I'm planning. I'm planning where my TV's going. If you if there's a firearm, a lot of firearms you can take them apart, but when it comes to gunsmithing, everybody knows that there's a correct sequence mm-hmm. to take a, something apart. Like you can't get to one part without removing another part. It's like working on a car. So if you understand that sequence, and a lot of times you can find that out on YouTube, just just the sequence alone will help you take something apart and put something back together. Yeah, you can't really do that in pictures. You know, I take pictures yeah. just to see what it looks like. But to your point, I do that too for orientation or whatever. I'll snap a photo of something just in case, like I've never seen it before, a crazy knife or something. I'll take photos of it because... We don't do knives, but every once in a while, I have to take one apart, and I just snap as many photos as I can with orientation, showing which part goes in which way. That usually helps when you try to reassemble it. Good advice. Yeah, I definitely believe in the university of YouTube. I definitely agree with you on that, 100%. A lot of jokes about it, but that's how you – there's no one's going to teach you, and there's a lot of information out there. So, I mean, take advantage of everything you can. Before you send it to someone else and pay for it. Yep, definitely. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the rear on this. If you are gonna work on an AR-15 
And uh, to me, the AR-15 is the is America's rifle. Um, and yes, I know that it doesn't actually stand for America's rifle. If anyone's out there, you. yeah, it stands for assault rifle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, if you're going to work on ARs, um, you definitely need AR tools. So you need an armorer's wrench. You need a lower upper uh, vice block. You know, those are things you should have. So you know, definitely, and there's there's some other things, but basically, AR tools are definitely something you should have because you know if you're gonna if you're gonna get into that world, you 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 have to have those tools. I mean, there's no no way around it. So, and I would if something happens and you gotta fix something yourself. It's good to have those tools. Exactly, exactly. You know, castle nut wrench, all that little stuff. Exactly. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. All right. So today on Shooting the Shit, we are going to wrap up with a fun discussion. And based on your history with building Star Wars themed uh, firearms, we thought we would end it in the galaxy far, far away. So I just figured since we were talking about it earlier... I thought we could go around and just talk about our favorite I, movie, our favorite character, I need, that kind of stuff. I need this Boba Fett thing figured out, though. Am I, you know, because I'm, I feel I, I definitely don't know anything enough about Star Wars or anywhere near. I mean, it, it's. I guess there was just talk of of, of Boba Fett. I work with a super Star Wars nerd. I will confirm this a hundred percent. Okay, I will find out. I was hoping you had this confirmed by the time we got to this segment, but obviously, no. Come good. on, I'm I'm running a show here, Keith. We're going to be in suspense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. To, you remind me next week. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, let's go with. Let's start with. Let's start with favorite movie. So Keith, I'll I'll let you start. Which is your favorite movie of the franchise? I, I don't think I'm uh, qualified to say it. <laughs> Listen, you can like a movie. You just can't say Boba Fett's a girl. <laughs> Return of the Return of the Jedi. I was was my favorite. Um, okay, for, was my favorite movie. You like the Ewoks? Uh, that is actually that's. I, I, I'm sure we're going to get to favorite vehicles in this topic. That's why, because that one has my favorite vehicle, and it's the um, okay. the ones that the stormtroopers are riding. They're like you know hover dirt bikes. The speeder speeder bike. Ah, that's the what they're called. Bike. Yeah, the speeder bike. Yeah. Those are the coolest ones. Very cool. All right, that's fair. Um, Michael, what's your favorite movie? Since the first three, obviously the first three are, are are my favorites, but I would have to say Rogue One is your favorite of all of them. Of all of them, really, I I really do like Rogue One. It is really well done. It's just real. People die in it. That's you know what I mean. <laughs> Heroes and stars, they all die in it. So, yeah. you know, if you haven't seen it and I spoiled it for you, sorry, but it's it's as real as you can get. So I think you're past the statute limitations for spoiling. Yeah, I think so too. So a really quick story on that. So my wife was like, stupid Star Wars. I'm never watching that show. Like, it's so nerdy. So at, one, at some point, I was like, do you understand, like, the cultural significance of that show? Like, I mean, there's all kinds of, like, sayings from it. I was like, at one, Reagan said to the, 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 um, the, the space shuttle, like, you know, may the force be with you. I'm like, it's a huge cultural thing. So I was like, will you please watch the whole thing with me? I was like, I really, I really want to do that. So I talked her into it. And I was like, we could either watch. I wish I was there for you talking her into that. So now she actually she she was kind of like okay with it, but it took a it took like seven years to do it. <laughs> but I said, do I show her one like starting with go in order, or do I show her the way that they were supposed the way that we all saw them? So I decided well, I was going to show her. Saw them. Yeah, I said I'm going to show her the way it was meant to be seen by everybody else. However, 
the only thing I did out of order was I showed Rogue One first because I thought that I thought she needed to see a more like modern movie or I would lose her. So I showed her Rogue One first and then it went right into, uh, you know, yeah, right into the, the third, well, what is it? Episode four. Yeah. So anyway, but that's not my favorite. My favorite would definitely be, uh, Empire. Empire Strikes Back. Vader is just, just kills it in that movie. So I, I like Empire Strikes Back. And I think it's the first one I ever saw as a kid too. Remember in Rogue One at the end when Darth Vader, when they invaded that ship and took the princess? Yes. When he was kicking all those guys' ass oh, with the awesome. light, that, that should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was great. So let's go. Um, let's go. Favorite character, and I'm going to give you this. You can go one, one from the rebellion side and one from the imperial side. So one favorite from each side. And uh, Keith, you go. Well, um, I'm a humongous Vader fan, and uh, I can't uh, do anything but uh, love Chewbacca. Okay, um, Michael. Well, obviously, I'd have to say Boba Fett. Okay. I'd have to say Yoda. All right. Yoda, cool. yeah. Yeah. So, Keith, <clears throat> oddly enough, my my favorite on the uh, Imperial side is uh, is Vader. I mean, he's a classic, yeah. right? Classic bad guy, right? And oddly enough, you know, I'm I'm 5'9", but my whole life I've always hung around with a big guy, this being no exception. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Wookiee, man. I am a Chewbacca yeah, fan. you got to be kidding me. We definitely did not talk about this. No, we did not talk about this. That Those are my favorite too, definitely. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, every time I still hear James Earl Jones' voice today, I still hear Vader, and I love that. <laughs> That's true. So when you, when you watch Field of Dreams, it was basically Vader. Uh, Vader. All the, I'm like, Vader's calling him into the... <laughs> That's great. The Tom Clancy movies with him in it, Patriot yeah. games and all that. Yeah, that's that's Darth Vader. That's funny. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up with one last uh, part for this this uh, segment, and we'll go favorite ship or vehicle or or you know any kind of like mechanical thing that you want. Um, and I'll even you know what I'll make it this too. You could throw a droid in there if you want. So favorite mechanical thing, droid, ship, whatever. And Keith, you're up. Well, I, I did say the the speedster, but uh, I also am a big fan of Darth Vader's uh, ship. I think that's really cool looking. Yeah, yeah, his like unique Tie Fighter, like that cool Tie Fighter. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, Michael. What about you? Um, I would have to say the ATST. What's that? The two legged like walkers they have. On- yeah, with the big guns in the front. Yeah, like like the mini at at. It's like the at at, but the little ones, right? Yeah, they look like almost like dinosaurs yeah, you know? yeah 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 those are cool those are cool i i know this is probably cliche but i'm gonna go millennium falcon that thing is like just so legendary and i remember as a, as a kid the toy i never had it it was just way more money than my parents were gonna spend but um so expensive but like uh i knew i had a friend that had it and like the toy alone was so cool like it was just like the actual ship and uh that thing is just even the name is cool, right? The Millennium Falcon is just a cool name. The so. toys, the toys made Star Wars our childhood. Like Definitely. that's what was that's what made that, that those movies as popular as they are. Were, were the toys. Definitely, we didn't for the villain. We said Vader and Boba, but um, but 
a job of the hut is a great one too like he was just like a yeah like a big like lard of like lizard and you know he just his laugh was great like he was a great villain too <laughs> i had that toy had great taste in women too he did he did he, he brought about a classic in terms of bikinis right <laughs> so you know this all started because uh you know, really, I would have been talking about Star Wars, except Michael, you do great Star Wars themed firearms. So I want to bring it full circle and I want to thank you for being on the show and sharing the history of your company and and all the stories about left handed shims. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you you definitely bring, a, you know, a really great value to the firearms industry. And I just want to thank you for everything you're doing and for being a stand-up guy, teaching other people how to do Cerakoting, and and thank you for being on the show. Yeah, you're, you're doing a lot of good karma, Mike. Thank you. I, I could probably run over a bunch of ducks right now. I have so much good karma. <laughs> well, I uh, don't want you to run over any ducks, but if you do, I guess we'll give you a pass. Yeah, and, and I just want to mention again, guys, you can find all of his uh, information in the bottom of our show notes. And to everyone listening... We want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links to our show in our show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. Comment Michael, on Anonymous's Instagram post, please. Yes, please, please, please go on our Instagram and make sure you blow up Keith's spot. I would love that. 